Hey there, Sister Catherine here at Touching the Sunrise podcast, where we ask the hard questions and we discover anew the dawn from on high, who breaks upon us in the glory that shines on the face of Christ, the one who guides our feet into the way of peace. Sometimes we can't touch the sunrise within us because we are numb from the effort to keep pushing through the wounding of present or past situations and even events in our life. But at a certain point, we come to the point where we can't ignore our heart's desire for more. And that's what we're going to be talking about today as we as we explore again the most sacred heart of Jesus, but from the perspective of the saints who found in the sacred heart truly a support in all their needs, but also a support on their pilgrimage, that place where they, they discovered they wanted more, that place where they longed to touch the heaven that lives in our souls. The Sacred Heart is the one who teaches our hearts, our mentor, our guide, our lover, our creator. So I can't wait to get started for today, but let's begin first by taking a deep breath, letting go of the things that weigh us down, that worry us, things that block us from living the joy that comes from the Spirit who has taken up his home within us. With this deep breath, we are intentionally shifting our attention to our inner world and to the mystery of God present in our lives and in the world. Like the elders before the throne of God in the book of Revelation, we too fall down in worship, laying down our dreams and demands and desires in order to glorify God as they, as we shall one day participate in this heavenly liturgy of praise. You alone, our Lord and God, are worthy to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things. You have brought us into being. You sustain us in existence with your love. So settle into this deep stillness and open your heart. I wanted to begin first by just reviewing again the origin of the devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus as we know it today. And of course, that begins with Saint Margaret Mary, who was born in Burgundy on July 22, 1647. She entered the visitation order despite her poor health when she was 23 years old and had this intense love for Jesus in the Eucharist. A year after she entered, she received her first vision of Jesus, and he showed her his sacred heart and invited her to make her abode in his side. Jesus continued to appear to Margaret and asked her to be his instrument in revealing the love of his sacred heart to the world. Jesus told her that his love for humanity was so intense that it could no longer contain itself and needed to spread throughout the world. Her mission 
was to establish this devotion to his most sacred heart. And he revealed 12 promises for those who practice this devotion. The heart of this devotion is found in welcoming the love of Jesus into our hearts and loving him in return. And so many of us are familiar with popular practices, such as the nine First Fridays, which sprang up from this devotion. There's also the enthronement of the Sacred Heart in the home, which used to be a very um, common practice in Catholic families. Now, when Margaret Mary brought this, these visions to her superior, um, her superior and some of her sisters and community could not believe in her visions, and they began to treat her with hostility. Theologians even judged her visions to be delusions. But Jesus promised Margaret Mary that he would send someone to help her. And soon after, St. Claude de la Colombière, who was an experienced Jesuit director, became the confessor to the nuns. Margaret Mary immediately recognized him as the helper that Jesus had promised to send her. Claude was convinced the visions were authentic and adopted the teaching himself. He wrote a book on devotion to the Sacred Heart that was read aloud to the nuns. Later, when Sister Margaret Mary was serving as novice mistress, she began to encourage devotion to the Sacred Heart among the novices. A chapel was built in honor of the Sacred Heart, and then the devotion began to spread throughout France. In 1765, Pope Clement XIII officially recognized the devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Almost a hundred years later, the liturgical feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus was approved, and Margaret Mary herself was canonized by Pope Benedict XV in 1920. So what we want to look at today is almost the way the saints have been devoted to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And we're going to choose two of them, St. Therese, a little flower, and John Henry Newman, who is expected to be canonized later this year. The Salve Regina, which in English is the Hail Holy Queen, I believe is right when it calls this world a veil of tears. From Mary Magdalene to St. Therese of Lisieux, the saints have sought in the Sacred Heart of Jesus their solace along this sometimes painful path we call life. So if you are looking for a friend who will be refuge and strength in your every need, these two great saints point you to the most sacred heart of the Master. In the still darkened dawn, Mary Magdalene made her way to the tomb in which her Master had been laid after having been taken down from the cross. It was the third day since the beating of that great heart ceased on the hill of Calvary. Did Magdalene have any tears? left to shed, any marks of grief that had not yet been exhausted. Unknown to her on that early morn, God was coming to meet her there at the tomb. He veiled his glory, showing her first his face, 
before allowing her to hear once again her name upon his lips, Mary. Like Mary Magdalene, we all want to see the face of God. It is a desire planted in us at our creation, for it is the final goal of our lives to see, to experience, to taste the glory of God, to surrender our lives to the glory of God. So St. Therese of Lejure wrote a poem called To the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and that poem actually traces that morning walk of Mary Magdalene, who went to see God. And in this poem, Therese expresses her desire to see God. She writes of her own search for him, I need a heart that burns with tenderness. She's speaking to God, calling out to him, I need a heart burning with tenderness who will support me, who loves me even when I'm weak and suffering and poor. I need someone who will never leave me day or night. This paraphrase of one of the stanzas of this poem, I think is, is so beautiful, is typical in these words of her little way. She doesn't consider the symbol of Christ's heart wounded by the lance, which is, which is typically what we see in images of the sacred heart. We're so familiar with that picture. But instead, Therese opens up as a child before the Father the reality of the heart of Jesus and of her own heart that longs for help and support. And when she considers Jesus, she looks at the loving person of Jesus. She looks at his deep feelings and expresses them for us and helps us perceive all the love that fills his heart. For her, Mary Magdalene is the woman who opens up to us the floodgates of tenderness from a heart that has loved us as no other. Therese then cries out in her poem after she has traced the journey of the Magdalene before dawn that day. She opens it up as if she herself, Therese herself, suddenly sees Jesus face to face, a Jesus who has come in answer to her call, I need a heart burning with tenderness who will be my support forever. And so she cries out, you heard me. You heard my call, my heart's desire. She calls Jesus the only friend whom she loves. She, she reflects upon the incarnation when God himself became man for our sakes, to gain our love, to beg, in a sense, for our love. And she says, to ravish my heart, you became man. You shed your blood. You shed your blood. You can imagine Therese reflecting on the suffering and death of Christ on Calvary. You shed your blood. You know, this mystery of this God who loves so profoundly. And then she turns to Jesus present in the Eucharist, in our tabernacles, on our altars at Mass, 
And she says, there is where you still live for me. John Henry Newman, who was a convert and a cardinal and a major figure in the Oxford movement, and again, as I said, whose canonization is expected to take place later this year, he composed a prayer to the Sacred Heart that you can find in the midst of his meditations and devotions. And he also reminds us where we can find the Master's face today, where we can find where the heart of Jesus still beats for us on earth. And it's at the altar. What joy that after we receive Jesus, taught by John Henry Newman, when we receive him in communion, we can pray, Jesus, make my heart beat with your heart. And he prays, O most sacred, most loving heart of Jesus, thou art concealed in the Holy Eucharist, and thou beatest for us still. I worship thee with all my best love and awe, with my fervent affection, with my most subdued, most resolved will. O oh my God, when thou dost condescend to suffer me to receive thee, to eat and drink thee, and thou for a while takest up thy abode within me, O oh, make my heart beat with thy heart. Purify it of all that is earthly, all that is proud and sensual, all that is hard and cruel, of all perversity, of all disorder, of all deadness. So fill it with thee that neither the events of the day nor the circumstances of the time may have power to ruffle it, but that in thy love and thy fear it may have peace. Amen. Jesus wants to replace our heart with all his suffering and treacherous disorders with his own heart. In the 13th century, so we're talking 300 years or more before Margaret Mary of Alico, there is this story of St. Lutgard, which has always inspired me since I read it as a child. St. Lutgard was a Cistercian mystic of Awares in Belgium. She was one of the great precursors of the devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Christ came to Lutgard and offered her any gift of grace she desired. And since she had entered the Cistercians and prayed the office in Latin every day, but did not know Latin, she thought that the best gift she could request was a better grasp of Latin so that she might better understand the Word of God and sing His praise. She thought this gift would help her love the Lord more. So Christ granted a request, and Lutgar's mind was flooded with the riches of psalms, antiphons, readings, and responsories. But her painful emptiness persisted. She returned to Christ, asking to return his gift. Can you imagine the daring? And she asked, she wondered if she could exchange it for another. And Jesus said, and for what would you exchange it? Lord, she said, I would exchange it for your heart. 
Christ then reached into Lutgard and, removing her heart, replaced it with his own, at the same time hiding her heart within his breast. All you and I need to do is to ask for this most precious of gifts. We may feel no different after we ask God to replace our heart with his own. We will still fall in our weakness. But with St. Therese, we do not need to fear our littleness and our poverty. As she prays in another stanza of her poem to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I know well, I know well that, that all our righteousness is, is nothing. It's, it's worthless, in a sense, in your sight, O Lord. And so I want to cast all of my poverty, all of my worthlessness, all those things that, that I do for your glory and honor and love. I want to cast all my sacrifices into your divine heart, into your heart. And I want to hide myself in your most sacred heart, Jesus. I do not fear. I do not fear. She's so confident. She has, she has that hope, that certainty, that daring to actually say, all I have is my virtue. All I claim as my virtue is you. That's all I have. Therese teaches us to not tremble before the story of our weakness and sin, the history in our lives of our weakness and sin, or even before the power of Almighty God. Instead, she encourages us to dare to trust, to cast our works into Jesus' heart. Even this daring is an expression of her love, and it can also be an expression of our own. So I pray this prayer for you. And as we pray it together, let us pray it for each other and for those whom you love. O oh heart beating with love for us, help us find you always waiting for us to show us your face. Oh, what joy it must give you to find us there before the Blessed Sacrament, where your heart beats still and your love pours forth on the sisters and brothers you so love. When tears moisten our pillows and depression weighs down our spirits, lift us up by calling us by name, turning our eyes to your face. Let us remember that even as we look for you, you have already come in search of us, eager to reveal to us that we are, with, with all our weaknesses, welcome in your Father's embrace. Take our hearts as your own, hearts so in need of purification and consolation, disordered in so many ways. Cast our hearts into the fire that burns in your own most sacred heart. Plant within us, tender master, your own heart, that your fire burning within us might propel us to help, preserve, and nurture every living being, 
that we might run through the world sharing the glorious inheritance you have freely given us by rescuing us completely from the rule of darkness, canceling our sins, and translating us into your kingdom forever. I praise you now for all you are working in us, all you will accomplish in us, for the holiness you will bring about in each of us and all those whom we love. Amen. So let's stop here. Drop down into your deep mind, the place of undisturbed inner stillness. Let what you have heard take root like seeds in a garden. Jesus is planting that garden. He's cultivating it, watering the plants, weeding it. Hand over to this divine gardener every aspect of your life. Capture what is stirring within you now and show it to Jesus. Talk to him about it, maybe later today. The Touching the Sunrise Heartwork community is a place where you can ask your hard questions and walk with ever-growing strength to your heavenly homeland. We are all pilgrims on the way, but we don't need to walk alone. The old adage is, you are the friends you keep. We are an intentional group of pilgrims on the way to our internal homeland, where our citizenship already is in heaven. In the heartwork community, we live in this veil of tears with a bit of heaven in our hearts. So if you have a hard question, I invite you to share it at pauline.org slash hard questions. I'll be posting answers to these questions every other week. Sometimes a shift in the way we're thinking comes about with just a word or an idea that's spirit-inspired just for you. And sometimes someone else's question sparks an insight of your own. It is all good. The spirit knows the best way to reach each one of us. As always, you can find more support along the way at touchingthesunrise.com. You can find my group on Facebook, sign up there for my bi-weekly letter, Touching the Sunrise, or participate in the Heartwork community. So I hope I see you around. May the spirit who has been poured out upon you flood your spirit with a new and radiant dawn. God bless. <laughs>